to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. I feel good today. Got a Bible this morning? You're going to need it. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We've been talking about your identity. We've been talking about the new man. We've been talking about the changes that we make in our lives. And how many know that's what the whole thing is with God, constant change? Constantly changing the way we think, constantly changing the way we see him, the way we see ourselves, the way we see everything around us. The more changing you do, the better off that you're going to be, the more things that you're going to understand. Many people get born again, and they just don't care whether they ever read the word or look at the word or not, because we had taught them basically you get born again, you go to heaven, and everybody's satisfied with that. But there's a growth period that goes through in your life, because in you today are many things that you've never brought out of you today. Amen. Thank you for your, oh my, your excitement is just... I just want to jump up and down. To me, that's exciting because I know what's already come out of the inside of me, and I know it's certainly not all of it that's in there. And I want, I want to be able to do everything that God placed in me, every gift that I've got, every, every ability that I've got, everything that's in me, because how many know that's God's ability? So we want to release that stuff that's on the inside of us a little bit at a time, and you cannot do that by believing you're the old person because the old person cannot do the ability of God that you have in you because your mind will tell you it's impossible and it probably is at that time. Are you following me? So the more that you grow, the more that things will be able to seem okay to you that you never thought you could do before become natural to you. Preaching has become natural to me. Revelation has become natural to me. Loving others has become natural to me. I mean, that's definitely not natural. Praise God. But, but it is. You, you can love your neighbor as you love yourself, but if you hate yourself... See? Well, I don't like me. Well, you like anybody else? Oh, I love everybody. You're a liar. Right. You hate everybody else too, man. You can't get along with anybody else. You don't even like you, your life, or anything else. So the Word of God tells us who we are and what we can do and tells us how much He loves us, how many know He loves you. Yeah. That's one revelation you're going to have to get in your life, that God loves you, period. Not because you did something good this week, not because you fed the poor this week, not because He just loved you even before you did those things. The Bible says He loved you even while you were a sinner, but now you're born again, you're his son in his image and likeness, and that same love is still there. And when you understand his love for you, he'll, you'll try to quit performing to make him love you. Now, we could go here for a while. Because that's what most people are doing in the world. You're performing to try to please someone else so that they'll like you. Just be you. If they like you, they like you. And if they don't, they don't. And most of the people that say they like you really don't like you anyway. They just like you when they're around you. Come on, you know what I mean. You walk up to somebody, you're the greatest guy in the world. As soon as they turn their back, you're just an absolute idiot to them. And, but you walk up to them and go, oh, you're the greatest in the whole world. So you can't live your life depending on who likes you and who don't. Right. Or you're going to have a tough life because you got 50% like you, 50% don't. And some that even like you learn not to like you. So what's that do? That gets us into offense gets us into unforgiveness, and what does that do? That stops our relationship with God, and pretty soon we're out there on an island, and you feel guilty, you feel condemned, and nobody loves me, then you start going into self-pity, you start going into everything else. So it's important to know what God did for us, not only what he did, but to take advantage of what he did for us the day that we received him as our Lord and Savior. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 14 this time. It says, For the love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Now, who died for all? 
Jesus. Now notice what it says here. God loved us so much that basically the love of God should, should be able to control you because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Say we're all dead. So notice, when he died on the cross, you actually, your old man, died with him at that time. In other words, now you've got to take advantage of your old man being dead through revelation, through the word of God. But your ability to have that old man dead and you live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost was already dead because all here have already died. Look at verse 15. And all, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So how many of you got born again, got a desire to serve God rather than serve you so much? But how many of you know there's a lot of people rather serve themselves than God even after they get born again? Why is that? Because they've not renewed their mind on the word of God. Look at verse 16. Wherefore henceforth, I love that, wherefore henceforth, Know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now we henceforth know him no more. How many know that's a mouthful? All right, so what's it talking about? Here I am, I'm a kingdom citizen, I've been born in the kingdom of God, things are changing on the inside of me, but I know that every person who got born again was changed at that time, their old nature was killed, and they're a brand new creation in Christ Jesus in the image and likeness of God himself. So I've got to stop judging people according to what they do, Amen. I've got to judge them according to who they are. And I'll tell you, if, if we do this, we'd stop every church split. Of course. See, I don't want to judge you because you made a mistake yesterday or you did good yesterday or you did mix or you did bad. or you did. I want to judge you because of the potential God has already placed on the inside of you. So when we get critical with one another, we're just reinforcing the old man that they're already struggling with. Are you following me? Oh, you're just angry all the time. You just can't do nothing right. You're just angry, and you don't listen to anybody, and you don't do anything. Well, they know that. They're doing that. But that's not who they are. So I want to see them on the inside. How many know where spirit means? Yeah. You can see into the spirit. How many of you know that? So you've got to see every person who's born again. If they're born again, there's potential on the inside of them. And if you want to be a true friend, you bring that potential Amen. out of them by blessing them, by agreeing with them on certain things that they don't know about. And you even do it by correcting I know I just cussed. <laughs> By correction in your life, because they can see the potential, and sometimes we cannot see the potential, but other people who are walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, one, I think it's in Galatians or something, it says, if somebody falls or has a fault, those that are spiritual, restore them. You know why nobody's being stored? Because nobody's spiritual enough to do it. They don't say everybody restore them. It says those that are spiritual restore them. Because those that aren't spiritual will agree with them. See? And we don't want to agree with our performance. We don't want to agree with our actions. We want to agree with what's on the inside of us, the identity that's already on the inside of us. And that takes us to the next verse, which is verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. So on the inside of me, I have to figure out and I have to convince myself that there was a change done the day that I was born again. There's a new person on the inside of me. The old man has died. Say, has died. So if the old man has died, then the alcoholic has died. The sick man has died. The critical man has died. The offensive man has died. The unforgiving man has died. And I'm a brand new creation in the image of God himself. Now, this is a process. Say, a process. 
we slowly make this change as we spend time in the Word of God, as we hang around people who can help us and good Christian people who are there because you learn from them and you grow from them and you see how they are and you're slowly making that. You don't want to hang around with a bunch of people that don't even know God because there's going to be no growth there. Do you understand? They're not going to teach you nothing. If anything, they're going to annoy you even worse than a Christian annoys you. So basically, I'm hanging around other people, and I'm growing, and I'm learning, and you can come to a place where you see a different. I mean, I see people who are born again, and I see people who are not, and I've seen some people who are not act better than the ones who are born again. And I've seen some born again who, who look almost like Jesus. They're patient. They're kind. They're all this. I see somebody else who's been born again for 40 years, and they're very little changed. They're still angry. They're still upset. They're, now, why is that? Is because God born again one better than the other? said, I'm 100% born again. You, I'm going to give you 50%. Is that what happened? No, that ain't what happened. Somebody started identifying with the ability and the Christ-like creature on the inside of them. And the more they agreed with that Christ-like creature, the more they started identifying and acting like that creature. You know, we sing the song there where he says he changed your name. People don't understand that, but God changes you on the inside. And many times in order to do that, he has to change your name. Remember, he changed Abraham's name. He changed Sarah's name. He changed everybody's name. Why? He was showing them they're not the old person who they used to be before they got in contact with him. Now you're a new person. Now you're a, a, a person, the father of many nations. How many know to Abraham, who was 100 years old, never had a kid? Yeah. He had to feel pretty stupid walking around. I'm the father of many nations. Who are you, Abraham? I'm the father of many nations. How many kids you got? None. But you're the father of many nations? That's right. Why? God said so. Well, how do you know that's it? He changed my name. So we're slowly changing our name. See, I'm no longer stupid. Amen. Just lazy. Just can't do anything right. I'm just down and out. I am this, and I am that, and I am this. And you look in the Old Testament, you'll see that people were identified by who they were, not spiritually, but who they were naturally. The guy comes down from the hill, and the Bible says he's a leper. Didn't say he was George, or Seymour, or Willie. He was a, why was he a leper? Because he had, and he was going to claim his identity with his, his problem, leprosy. The other lady, we didn't know she was Matilda or Mary, or Louise. She was the woman with the... So everybody knew her as the woman with the... And the more she thought of herself as a woman with the issue of blood, and all her friends called her the woman with the issue of blood, how many know she thought she was the... Are you following me? But hopefully she didn't go around after that and say, I was the woman with the issue of blood. She ought to go by her name and whatever it is because your name is your identity and that's what you are. Do you see? Blind Bartimaeus. They, call him, they didn't call him Bartimaeus. They call him Blind Bartimaeus. So Blind Bartimaeus was sitting there. Jesus comes along and says, hey, Jesus. They said, shut up, shut up, shut up. Hey, he didn't care. He went right by the elders of the church. Some of you got that. Yeah, religious church will tell him to shut up. But, but a, a kingdom guy will say, go for it, brother. There's something there. So he's there, and basically Jesus says, bring him here. And as soon as he did, he took his garment that signified blindness, and he threw it away. Hallelujah. See, some of you forgot to throw some stuff away. Come on, you're still hanging on to it. Who are you? Well, I'm the offended one. I'm the one in unforgiveness. I'm the mistreated one. I was the one who wasn't raised correct. My daddy left. My mommy left. My dog left. My cat didn't like me. Nothing was good for me. It was just terrible. Hey, you've got to get over that stuff. You've got to get over excuses because there's no excuse for you being born again now, praise God. Well, it's my mommy's fault. No, it's your fault. Grow up. Come out of it. Quit blaming everybody else for not growing in God. 
You can't do that. It's you. It's you and God. When you go there, daddy ain't going to be there. Mommy ain't going to be there. And your cat ain't going to be there. It's going to be you going up before God. He's going to say, what happened? How did you progress? What'd you? Well, they did this to me. He don't care. Well, that's the way I was mistreated. I don't, nobody cares about that. See, and really everybody that sympathizes with you, let me say this, really don't care anyway. They don't care what happened to you when you're eight. They may cry a little bit and hug you and everything else, but you've got to get by that stuff, see? Your life's short enough without you wasting 10 years on what happened back in 1922. And you've got to be careful because when good things happen to you, sometimes you stay there. Well, we're going some places this morning, aren't we? Yeah. I remember that great revival back in 1972. How long have you been in church since there? 50 years. What's happened since? I don't know, but I remember that Bible back in 1972. What have you done? You've had a good thing and a bad thing, and both of them are holding you back from what God actually got on the inside of you, which is a revelation of who you are on the inside of you and the gifts that you have on the inside of you, and both of them have stopped you in your tracks, and that's where you ended right there. That was it. That's where you're at. And you talk to people, and they'll tell you. I mean, we used to go to a nursing home and minister with our kids, and you go in there, and they talk about things that happened to them that was so terrible. And I thought, my gosh, uh, how long ago was this? And they'll say, 42 years. I think, dear God. I can't remember 42 years. But they knew the date. They knew the time. They knew how long ago. And what did that do? That's where they stopped. That's where it all ended. So notice, people grow in the things of God. As we reach our identity, you're going to notice that all at once, I met him last year, now I met him this year, and he's a lot more patient Amen. than he was last year. And he don't get angry anymore at this stuff that he used to get angry on. And, and he's very nice for a change. And his speech has changed. And what happened? He's grown. He spent time in the Word of God. It's renewing its mind. It's going to him. It took me a while to figure out that I was not only a pastor, but I was an anointed pastor. Amen. I was a pastor used by God. What for? To bring the identity out of his people so they could become kingdom people rather than Christian people. Amen. There's a big difference between the two. Christians want to base everything on their performance rather than on his performance. And his performance to you is the only thing that matters. The day he died on that cross, he became, the Bible says, your substitute. Say substitute. substitute. And people say, yeah, he went to the cross for me. No, he became sin for you so you could become righteous. He died so you could live. He became sickness so you could be healed. He became condemned so you could be not guilty. Everything that he did took for you so that you could have the opposite of it. He, he gave up his, his glory, his power, and everything so you could walk in the glory and the power of God, see? And everybody wants to suffer for Jesus. I mean, no, he don't need you to go to the cross for him. See, he already went to the cross. He already provided it for us. It's already there. So until we come out of this mentality of I'm an old sinner saved by grace, just don't seem to work out for me, nothing seems to work. And when you start walking then in your identity, the giftings on the inside of you are going to start to manifest out of the inside of you. There's ability in you that you don't have to pray for. You have to discover. Amen. You understand? It, we're on a treasure hunt, and the treasure's in us. Uh -oh. The kingdom of God is inside you this morning. Can you prophesy this morning? Probably, but I don't do that. So-and-so does that. I get words. He gets words of wisdom, and I don't do that because that's not my space. Well, you got the same ghost. Do you see what I mean? You, you got the whole Holy Ghost. You didn't get a piece of the Holy Ghost and somebody else got the whole Holy Ghost. You got the whole thing. The Spirit was poured out on you. So there's things on the inside of you. And some of you have even felt nudgings and earnings to do certain thing in the Spirit and you don't do them because you don't think you can't. And you can't unless you rely on the Spirit in you who's urging you to do them. See? Start a church. I can't do that. He said you're right. Absolutely correct. How am I going to have something to preach every Sunday? You won't unless you rely on me. 
See, but the ability is already on the inside of you. I want to make you confident this morning. The ability that you need for whatever God tells you to do is already on the inside of you, and he will take care of it. It's even like when he came up, you know, and he told me this story about he needs a couple. He needs millions of dollars. He needs this the first week he, he was here. The worst thing I could do was write a check for a million dollars for him. Because now, once I became his source, rather than God becoming source, and I knew he was a believer. I heard some of his story, and bless God, you've got to be a believer to go through some of the crap he's gone through. Are you following me? Right. He's believed his way through now. Why should I get in his way? Are you following me? Why should I get in his way and take care of it when I already know he can believe his way into it? That would be a misfortune on mine. That's right. No tears, no nothing. I didn't weep. I didn't fall down. I knew it. I mean, he's come a long way, praise God. And, and you're, going to, you're going to keep coming. There's a lot of foolers out there. You're not the only one, praise God. And that's all right. You know, when things get tough, we change, don't we? We get into the natural. So there's growth that takes place in our lives, basically. And people should see a change on you all the time. If you're from a, a different town, you came to Florida, got born again, were gone three years, and went back to your old friends, they should know there's something weird Right? There's something weird. Yeah, he came back, he's going to the bars, but he's drinking Pepsi. I don't know what's the matter. Nobody drinks Pepsi in this bar. We just don't do that. And he don't cuss anymore. I don't know if he lost the ability to do that or the, the professionalism. Whatever. No, what happened? There's been changes in your life. And as you make changes in your life, you're going to find that the surrounding people around you start to change. Because some people want to come along and some people don't. So they either got to hold you back Keep you where you're at so they can be all right. But if you keep going forward, they're just going to get rid of you. Some relation. Anybody had any relations problems since they got born again? Walked in the spirit. Went to Thanksgiving dinner. Started talking about how good Jesus was. Didn't even get the neck. Come on, why is that? Because you're different than them. You think different than them. You act different than them. You are different than them. You're growing in this identity on the inside of them. You're starting to associate with who I am on the inside, identify with who I am on the inside. And as you do that on the inside, basically, it starts to manifest. Say manifest. Manifest. Nothing manifests in you until you claim that you've got it. And that's why the song we sing, Thank You, at the end is so powerful because that's kingdom language. Christian language is, give me a new car, give me a new boat, give me some peace, give me some joy, give me some this. But kingdom language is, it's already been provided, and I just want to say, thank you, thank you for the peace, thank you for the anointing, thank you for the joy, thank you. Because now you know who you are, you know what what belongs to you, you know what's yours, and you're taking advantage of those things by faith. Say faith. faith. See, faith isn't believing something when it happens, it's believing it before it happens based on the word of God. But Christianity wants to tell you that nothing happens, you don't have no faith until it happens. No, you've already got the word of what's going to happen, and you claim what you find me, you do it too. You'd not base it on the other. And I found out if I start to learn his performance, it started taking care of my performance. The more I believed in his performance and what he did on the cross, the less in my performance I needed anymore. Because basically it just wiped it out. It, the kingdom of God is like light. How I many you know it's like light? So if we walked in here this morning and it was dark in here, how many if I knew a light switch, I didn't have to rebuke light or darkness? I didn't have to claim it was gone. No, it, it leaves. And the more light you put on the inside of you, Amen. through the word of God, the more the darkness just flees. You don't have to be delivered of it. Just drive that out with a light, praise God, on the inside of you. Stop begging to be delivered and say, thank God he delivered me on the cross and I am redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And that thing will leave your life, praise God. And it will get out of there because that's what you've got to do. You cannot relate it to you. I, I'm, I'm sick. 
I'm down all the time. See, you're claiming who you are, and if you claim who you are, then you've got to fight against who you think you are. And the only way you're going to beat that, basically, is through your own performance. Because he ain't going to die again. How many know he ain't coming back down again? He did it once. That's enough for anybody. So if all of I start claiming myself, I'm lazy, I'm no good, I wish I was like this person, but I just can't be that way, blah, 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 and you claim this stuff, now how am I going to get out of that situation? I'm going to pray and ask God to deliver me, but you don't understand he's already delivered you back on the cross 2,000 years ago, and it's very difficult for him to do it the second time. But once you learn that you've been delivered from that and start claiming it, the power of the cross will invade your life. See, we all want to claim the blood. That's what the blood provided. You just can't throw the blood around. No, the blood has provided certain things for you. It's provided redemption for you. It's provided healing for you. It's provided peace for you. But only if you agree with what God did through Jesus on the cross. So what's happening now? I'm starting to see things in the Bible that are actually me. My goodness sakes. What, what is a miserable Christian? One who claims that they're all the wrong things and spend their whole life fighting to get rid of the wrong in their life. You can't do it. You can't, get rid of your, you can't get rid of your anger problem. You can't get rid of your sickness. You can't get rid of your whatever your is. You can't get rid of it because you didn't have the power to even get saved by yourself. You may have tried. Went to church four times in a row. I think I'm saved. That has nothing to do with it. You had to rely on what he provided for you and gave to you. So as kingdom citizens, we're receiving our inheritance. Yes. See, your reward is the inheritance. Amen. It's not heaven, and heaven's part of your inheritance. Are you following me? Peace is part of it, or is part of it, but you've got the inheritance of the whole kingdom of God. That's what you were created and put here on the earth to do. Be part of that kingdom and receive everything that's already on the kingdom, and it's already on the inside of you. So there's abilities in us that we want to draw out of us, but by claiming who we are according to Jesus, they start to flow out of us. When you believe you're anointing, anointed, you better be careful, because it's going to start working. And you're going to be sitting in the back of church sometime, and we're going to do a praise and worship song, and you're going to be hand lifting, and it's going to be going, Amen. and you're going to be going, I think I'm having a heart attack. I'm never coming back to this church again. <laughs> but you don't know the Spirit of God is moving on the inside of you. See, you, you claimed you were anointed, now he wants to use, use the anointing you got. He's got something to say to the church. But you can't do that because you never get up in front of the church. You don't even sit in the first five rows. You sit in the back row, and I, can't, I think I'm having a heart attack. I don't know what to do with this. And sweat starts to come. He started getting all sticky. I don't think they turned the air off. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, it's the Spirit of God now moving in that anointing that he placed on the inside, trying to get you to step out in something, come on, that he has on the inside of you, and whatever that, and then you've got to get up there, and then you've got to talk. How many know that's another one? And then sometimes he'll give you two words. The Lord says. What else you got, Lord? That's all I got. Come on, you got to do better than that. I want to write it down. I want to put stars by it. I want to have it. No, no, no. You just got to say, the Lord says. And all was, whoosh, out of the inside of you. It says, rise up. Quit sitting around. Get out of the grave. Get moving. Get going. Get going. It just starts to flow like that. And you go. And when it's done, it feels so good. Then you got to learn to stop. <laughs> See, if you get back into you, you want to preach the whole gospel before you're done. And God had a very short word to give somebody. And boy, you just blast them. You told them your height, your weight, your dog size, your color. Your, and after you've done that, you, you've destroyed it. Do you see what I mean? Now you've taken their mind frame out of there rather than keeping it on there. So you can't be afraid to step out into things of God. It's just like laying hands on the sick. You know you're supposed to. And somebody walks up and says, I'm really sick, but I know God can heal me. If somebody lays hands on me and you say, anybody here? 
and no one's out there on anybody. Why is that? Because you just don't believe you're a person who lays hands on the sick and they recover, but the Bible doesn't say you're that person. It tells you to do that. Right. said so you should be casting out devils, laying hands on the You should be praying in tongues. Well, I don't like that tongue stuff. I don't care. You should be praying in tongues. And the ability's on the inside of every person born again. Do you know that? And you go to some churches and they say, we speak in English here only. Well, now you're just bottling up. Do you see what I mean? And they'll go to the grave and take tongues with them and never use it one time. But we don't want to take anything to the grave. Right. We want to go ahead and use it or misuse it here. Even if you misuse it, there's people there. That's the whole point of church. You make a mistake and the pastor will come by and lovingly, wonderfully, <laughs> caressingly, <laughs> deal with it. Unless I'm not here and Latasha's here. You'll get the correction that next week I will be here to lovingly you. <laughs> See, it's two different anointings. Do you understand? We deal with things two different ways, praise God. It's just the way that we're taught, praise God. It's the way, way we're all gripped on the inside of each and every one of us. So these things that he wants you to do. Sometimes he wants you to talk to somebody. And you'll talk to them and you'll give them a word without saying anything about thus says the Lord. You just know you said something that rang their bell. And they knew you said something rang their bell, and you just leave, and that's all there is to it. And all at once they'll say, I got a word from God. I got a word from God about three weeks ago. I got one from him right there. He came up afterwards, and, and he didn't say, thus says the Lord. Well, he just walked up and told me what he thought the Lord was telling me, and it's the first something I've got right on in like 52 years now, I think, there where somebody wasn't trying to manipulate me to do something else. You know? Tried. He tried. That was earlier. Yeah, that was a time before, so... So he's come up twice. He gets A plus for one and a Z for the other one. Praise God. That's the way it goes. Basically the way it goes. And that's all right. How many know when the pressure's on you? You'll, you'll do things. Praise God. No question about that. But we've got these gifts on the inside of us, and they've been placed on the inside of us, and now we want to let those things out of the inside of us, and we want to walk in the Spirit and grow in the Spirit. Don't always sit around and make for somebody else to light your fire. So you've got to keep your fire hot. Kelly talked about on Wednesday night, if you get up every morning, and we've mentioned this many times, but hardly anybody does it. If the first thing you do in the morning, just pray in the Holy Ghost for 15 minutes. Set your watch for it, and 15 minutes are up, and you're done. Just start every day like that, where you're thinking about God, praying, letting God pray through you, do everything. It would change your life, you see. We all want to do that, especially after it's taught on Sunday. But two weeks later, we forget about it, don't we? Ain't that the way we are? We, we hear about loving, and boy, we hear a good sermon on love. We're going to love, and two weeks later, you don't even know where love is at, praise God, because you went back. Your mind renewing stopped, and it went the other way. So basically what we're doing, we're allowing on the inside of us every, everything that God has. His character is in there. His power is in there. His words are in there. And we're just going along different places, and we're just being used by God in different areas. But you've got to know that you can be a vessel to do that, and you are a person with the ghost on the inside of you. The Holy Ghost is there. The power is there. The knowledge is there. The wisdom is there. And it all comes by spending time on the Word of God. Notice what Jesus said. If you continue in my word, you will be my... Okay, there's a lot of people who do not continue, therefore they never become his... Are they saved? Are they born again? Are they gone to heaven? But they're never going to be his disciples, disciplined to him in character and power because they're not continuing in the word of God. Go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians 4.
Right, Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 22. It says that you put off concerning the, concerning the former lifestyle or conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitfulness and rust, lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your what? And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true what? Holiness. Now notice, first thing you need to see here is this is not God's job. That you put off, that you put on, that you put off, and that you put on. Not God. So there's no sense praying prayers to God to change you when it's up to you to do the changing. Do you see? I mean, we pray, oh, oh create in me a clean heart, God. God says, I already have. You're saying, Lord, I want to be more like you. He says, you are if you just knew it on the inside. See, some of that stuff's Old Testament again where they wanted to be like God on the inside, but how many know they couldn't do it? But how many know we could do it, praise God, because we got born again? Aren't you glad you live in the New Testament? Thank God. I don't want to be back there and build narcs and all that kind of crap. Ain't no way, praise God. So, so no what's going on here, praise God. I didn't say planes. I said arcs. So, so notice here, basically, here it is. You need to put off the, who you used to be and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Another translation says that you put off once and once for all the old man and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you once and once for all put on the new man who is in God's nature. Now, once again, it's not automatic. It's up to us. We make the decision whether to do it or whether not to do it. So I want to put off the old man, and I want to put on the new man. And the only way I can do that is right here in my thought life of who I am, who I'm not, who I'm not. Anything that deals with the old nature that you're still claiming, you're going to have a problem with. Anything you deny and you resist in your old nature, you will be able to live above that because, number one, you have authority. Say, I have authority. And you have power on the inside of you. Now watch Jesus. Well, we'll go to that a little bit later. But notice, he says, put off. And I got another translation here that I really like. This is the Amplified. Regarding your... No, it's just Amplified now because it's louder. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Regarding your previous way of life, put off your old self, completely discard your former nature, which is corrupted through deceitful lusts, and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental attitude, and put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature created in God's image, God-like in righteousness, holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for the salvation that he's given us. That's good, isn't it? But notice what's in one. One is constantly being renewed, and one is continued. Now, I'll ask you a question. You don't have to answer it because you probably don't want to anyway. Let's say you're pressed into God, you're excited about God, you're reading your Bible, you're makatea shakatea beki all over the place, and all at once you get real busy, and for a couple weeks all at once, you just ain't really got time to get in the Word, or you ain't really got time to pray, and you ain't got time to this, and, and you ain't got time to do this, and pretty soon you find yourself in a group of people, and all at once you throw out a couple cuss words, or you act stupid. What happened? Notice, this is something that constantly and continually has to be done or you'll start to put back on something that you took off. See? And, that, and that's why we have some real, well, I'm on fire today. And the next day say, I don't know what's going I think God left me now. Why is that? Because once you get out of that continuing, that old mindset starts to come back 
on you and you start doing things that you haven't done in years because that's why you can see somebody who is born again they're on fire for God they're changing the world meet them three years later and they don't even know God exists anymore they got out of the continuing the constant renewing of their mind by the word of God notice here it doesn't even say your mind it says that you be renewed in the what of the what spirit of my mind so we have a mind the Bible says we have the mind of Christ but we also have a spirit mind say spirit mind now the spirit mind and we don't have time to go into this deals with your imagination because in your imagination you can see things that aren't really there but they're still real and they're truthful are you following me you can't do that with your natural mind I mean if there's three candy bars there your natural mind there says three candy bars you can say there's four if you want to and it's gonna argue and you're never gonna do it but in the imagination you can see things that have not happened. Before I ever preached a word, I saw myself preaching to large crowds before I ever preached to anyone before because God had placed that in me on the inside and I was seeing that stuff when I was seeing myself preach. When I'd preach in my dreams at night, I'd saw a whole crowd there doing that stuff and that was so that when I finally preached to somebody, even though it was 40 people rather than 2,000, I wasn't nervous because I'd already preached before 2,000 people even though I didn't. What happened? Not only did he renew my mind, but he renewed me in the spirit of my mind. Now through meditation in the word and taking time in the word, you can see yourself laying hands on the sick and them getting healed as a natural thing, supernatural natural thing in your life. You won't go say, I'm going to lay hands on them, but I hope they don't die like the last two did. And I hope something happens to them. And I, and I don't even know what to pray. And I'll be healed. See, what is that? That's trying to obey the word without being renewed in your mind. It's like somebody who, it's like somebody who basically heard one sermon on healing and they got all kind of sickness, and they walk around saying, I'm healed, I'm healed. And their people say, you're nuts. And in their mind, they're thinking, I am nuts. And you're going around. Because you never, do you see what I mean? You never renewed your mind to the fact to see yourself as a healed person. And when you say, I'm healed, it isn't just to try to get something done. It's because you know who you are, and that's who you are. And, and the problem with the church is, to them, faith is believing, receiving, then believing. See, nobody wants to believe until they receive. So I walk up to somebody, I say, hey, how you doing? Good, I've been in church now for 40 years. I just love the Lord Jesus. I said, are you born again? Yes. Are you going to heaven? Yes. Are you righteous? Oh, I should say not. The Bible says there's not righteous. No, not one. Took a half of scripture. <laughs> Am I right? Prove themselves that they're not righteous. Well, will you ever be righteous? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm working on it every day. 20 years from now, I'll be righteous. Well, how will you know when you're righteous? When I act like I'm righteous. Well, if you'll just believe you're righteous, you will then start to, yes. see, we got a little bit backwards, and that's a big thing, isn't it? Even with money problem. I mean, when you, when you need money, you got to see yourself as a uh, needs met. you got to see yourself as someone who has money. you got to see yourself because it's been promised to you in the Word. Now, you're not taking this Word and doing whatever you want. Do you understand? God supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory. He'll do anything for me. Then I want a double portion. I want two wives. I mean, no, that's not in the Word. You can't do that. Are you following me? You can take the word overboard if you want, but you don't have to take it overboard. You do it according to the word of God. So people will come up and say, I've been sick for a long time. I said, well, you're going to get healed. Yeah, I'm going to get healed. When are you going to be healed? When I feel better, I'll be healed. No, believe you're healed, and you will start to 
Are you following? And you can't do that just by reading the word. That's got to get in here. That's got to, you got, you got to see yourself as an anointed pastor. You got to see yourself flowing in the Holy Ghost. You got to see yourself being able to follow the spirit of God. You got to see these things in your life, but they're all promised to us in here. How many of you know that? And we say, God always tells the truth. Well, if he's telling the truth and they're to you, then they must be the truth. So I'm going to renew my mind by meditation on the word of God. And the Bible tells you to meditate on the word of God. How often? Day and night. How many know that? What else is there? Meditate day? No, it's night. I got to do it again. Now it's day. When do I get a break? We might as well sit all the time, right? Why, why would he do that? So there he's doing, he's telling you that stuff. So I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to do it. So not only were your sins removed far from the east as the west, but your old man was also removed as far as from the east to the west. Your sins are in the ocean and they're drowned unless you go fishing. And same way with the old man, he's drowned unless you go fishing again. Part of baptism is you drown the old man. And don't bring him back up, praise God. Hallelujah. Don't do it again. Glory to God. All right, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 just for a little bit. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're in verse 17. Let's just start there. It says, Therefore, if any man or woman to be in Christ, he is right now a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things are become new, and all things are of God. Are you with me? 2, 5, 17. Verse 18, And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and now he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. What ministry do you have? I have the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now that's an important verse. Look at it again. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling not just the Christian, not just the kingdom person, but he has already reconciled who? The world unto himself. He's not holding their trespasses unto them, and he has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech us that we pray you, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us, for knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness, their substitution of God in Christ. So notice what it says. Go back to verse... Oh, no. back, back to verse 19. To wit, that God was in Christ. Say, was in Christ. Say, was in Christ. All right, it's talking about two dispensations here, two different dispensations. The first dispensation was Jesus Christ came, and how many know he had God's identity on the inside of him, and he had God in him? So he had to associate and identify with the God on the inside of him to do the things that he did. What did he do? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He walked by faith. He did everything because he relied on and identified with the God who was on the inside of him. Case in point, it's the Father in me. He doeth the works. And he got to such a point that would probably drive most people nuts in the church was he said, if you've seen the Father... Oh, you know, that statement will get you kicked out of most churches. Yeah. Well, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. We're so one together, and I identify with the nature of God on the inside of me and his ability and everything else, that if you've seen me, you've seen... Uh, I mean, you know, there's not too many churches going around and Christians saying, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. <laughs> they throw you out, wouldn't they? Because we're afraid to identify with the ability and the Christ on the inside. We want to separate the two. 
This is me. This is Jesus. But the, but the Bible says when you were joined to the Lord, you were joined to be one spirit. But we want to separate it. Jesus does this, and I do this. He can do this, but I can only do that. He did it, and he's good, I'm bad. He's righteous, I'm unholy. He did it, he did it. He's powerful, I stick. And what's it do? See, it doesn't put us together in one spirit, but it, the more you identify with him, the more one you will be with him. It should come to a point where people out there find out that if you've seen somebody who's part of the kingdom, you've seen God himself. That's where he wants to take us, basically. That's what he wants each of us to grow into. That's who he wants us to become because that ability is there. The Bible says when we finally see him, we'll find out of what he's really like and who we really are. But how many know after you die, it's too late? Yeah. Everybody's going to be like that then. You're not going to have any squabbles in heaven. Nobody's walking in unforgiveness up there, I guarantee it. Nobody's stealing from anybody, cheating anybody, trying to be promoted over somebody else. It's not going on up there. But, but we can see that now. See, we can see it, but you've got to see it spiritually because if you look at you right. and the way you act and the way you think and the way you do everything, you're never going to say that if you've seen Jesus, you've seen me. You may say if you've seen me, you've seen Judas. <laughs> seen me, you've seen Job. Yeah. See, because we identify with those things. And I'm going to say it. There's a lot of teaching out there that's set to identify you with those people because then you'll need help getting out of that place and you'll come back to the church to get the help that you need to get out of that place. Are you listening? Mm -hmm. The only way I can get out of that place is by what he did on the cross. Therefore, he gets the glory. Not Pastor Joe, Pastor Bill, Brother Seymour, or whoever it is. He did everything for me, and I've just got to realize what he did. So when we see each other, and we say brother, or we say, gosh, God, you're a blessed person, you're this or that, you're actually helping bring that out, do you see what I mean, out of the inside of people. I mean, each and every one of us in here are anointed. Yes. It's in the Bible. Each and every one of us has the peace that passes all understanding. I mean, no, the peace belongs to each and every one of us. The joy belongs to each and every one of us. If we're losing it, it's because we're going back into the natural realm, tying with the old man, saying that's the way things are, and agreeing with the old man. And the more you agree with the old man, the more you get stuck being like the old man. So we're coming out of those things. We're going to look at the Word of God. We're going to find out who we are. We're going to find out. So it was God in Christ. How I many you know that, that ministry did very good? But now it's Christ in us, which is the hope of our glory. What's the glory? Everything God put in you manifesting in the natural realm. Every time you lay hands on the sick and they get healed, you manifested the glory that God put in you. It's still God's glory, but you used it. And when people see that, how many know? They know it's glory and not just natural. When a lump falls off somebody and, and a, people are all standing there, how many know that they know that something weird's going on? You don't have to tell them, well, that was God, because they'll know it, praise God. They'll know it was God. So what are we doing? The more we identify with Jesus, the more we're going to manifest, the more we're going to be able to be kind. We're going to be able to be nice. We're going to be able to walk in love. We're going to operate in the power of God. And these things are going to become natural to us. See? Anything you do over a long period of time becomes natural to you. Yep. You know that? That's why, uh, but that's why if you go to the gym and you try it twice, it, it ain't going to work. You've got to do it for like 20, 30 days. Now, once you just get up and you just go and you just do it. So even like I talked about praying in the Holy Ghost, if you, get, if you can get up for 15 days in a row and the first thing you do is pray in the Holy Ghost, you'll never have to try to do that again. Every time you wake up, you'll just start praying in the Holy Ghost. And then you'll wonder why nobody else does. 
You know what you do? What's the matter with you people? Why don't you just do that? Well, because they tried it once, then forgot about it, then never did it again. They read their Bible once, tried it. But this Word of God will continually renew your mind. Read this Word of God. It's not only about God, it's about you and what you can do and who you are and who you am. Yeah, I am. Look at Jesus. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. I mean, most of the things that he said would just drive people nuts in the church this day because we've been taught not to believe that way. We've been taught we can't do that. We've been taught to cry out and do all these things. But God's looking for a kingdom generation, I'm telling you. And this is a time, and I believe it's coming forth right now. He told me I'd see it in my lifetime, and I'm getting older. Yeah, get a little bit older every day. Praise God. So if it's going to happen in my lifetime and I see the fruits, I mean, we're seeing it right now. We're going into prisons. What are we preaching? The kingdom. You're going to prison your whole life and preach to them people they need to be better and they need to give it up and it ain't going to help them because they can't do it with their own power. So they're going in and they're preaching the kingdom of God. They're going in and preaching the power of God. They're going in and preach. Lives are going to be changed. Lives are going to be touched. And that's a good place to start because you've got a captive audience there. Yes. Yep. They're right there. They're not going anywhere. And I mean, if it's sit in a cell or come to Bible, I might as well go to Bible. <laughs> See? That's what it is. So the Word of God is, is an important thing in our life. I mean, when I find out how important the Word of God is, we, we, go, we go to the Word of God. Amen. Understand? We drove to Port Salerno. We drove to Benny Hens. We drove. If they had church on Wednesday, we went. If they had church on Sunday, I wanted to be under the Word of God all the time. And I like to do it live. Listening to it online is all right, but I like to be there, praise God. I like to look into the eyes of the person who's teaching and check them out and see what's going on. And, I mean, we got some teachers in here. How many of you know that, praise God? I'm impressed by Wednesday nights. I'm telling you what. I'm thinking, geez, it might be time for me to retire maybe. and just Take over and do what they're going to do and praise God. Let them go. And, uh, but, yeah. But praise God. I mean, what's in it? What's in them is now starting to come out of the inside of them. But you've got to get that opportunity to do it, and you've got to study for it, and you've got to do it. I mean, every week you go home from on Sunday, pretend you've got to preach on Wednesday. I've got to hear the word of the Lord by Wednesday because I'm going to preach. Even if you're not, just put the pressure on yourself. And trust me, if you think you're going to preach on Wednesday, you'll be in the Bible Monday and Tuesday. You'll be seeking God Monday and Tuesday. Hell yeah. But if you're not going to preach another six months, you get done and go, No, we want to put pressure on people. We want to pressure you. We want to do it. There's a time when Natasha came to me. I think she had to do two Sundays in a row with her and Ben. She's thinking, oh, my God, two Sundays in a row. <laughs> but there comes a point when you've got something all the time. You, know, you pull up one scripture and you go for days and days because you've put it in because you've changed because you did things. So there's good stuff on the inside of each and every person who's here. You may not be able to see it on the outside. But on the inside, each and every one of us, there's potential in there to do what God says you can do in here all the time. But use, use your meditation a little bit, you know. That's something you can do when you're sitting around, when you're driving. Sometimes when I'm driving over to Lake West, I just think on a scripture the whole way over. I mean, i got an hour and 40 minutes to do nothing. Really, I'm out there with the cows, and that's about it. So instead of wasting that stuff, you might as well either pray in the Holy Ghost, or you might as well just let your mind think on this. And pretty soon you'll start seeing yourself as that person. And it's not hard to be who you really are. It was never hard to sin. Anybody struggle with it? Anybody meditate your way into sinning? Oh, you were good at it, praise God. You had no problem whatsoever. But now your nature has been changed. So we want to go to this nature. We want to put off. We want to put off. And we want to put on the new man and continually keep the new man on. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. 
Lord, we are changing each and every day, praise God. I thank you for it. I thank you that we're coming more and more in the image of you. You said, Lord God, that we would become in the image of you right here on this earth. And we thank you for a generation of people who meditate your word, who believe the I am's, who believe that there are. And I thank you, Father, and I declare over everybody in here that every single person is healed in their body right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that they're full of the peace of God this morning, the joy of God. We just disregard, deny, and rebuke any kind of unforgiveness or offense in this place right now. It's not worth a time of day for us. And I thank you that we flow in the Holy Ghost in every single area of our life. Holy Spirit of God, go to work in our hearts again this week. Continue to line us up with Jesus and with the Word of God. And we thank you for suffering and dying for us on the cross. And we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Stick.